0: This episode of Full Spirals is brought to you by Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record in another program and then just import it. So when you host on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on all of the different listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor does it all. Full Spirals is on about seven different platforms, and I didn't have to do anything. Anchor distributed it. The best part? Anchor's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Welcome to Full Spirals, a podcast about how life can take you for a spin, but still leave you grounded. Stories of hope and healing through the arts and the absolute deliciousness of being human. I'm your host, Stacey Parrish. As I was preparing this month's episode, I was struggling a bit because I just moved to this new place. My studio isn't completely set up yet, and I just had this feeling that my sound might be a little bit wonky, like not horrible, but nothing close to perfect. And for a recovering perfectionist, that's rough. But this is an episode about gratitude, specifically gratitude that I have for my voice and my ability at last to use it, own it, and honor it in my life. So does it really matter if it doesn't sound perfect? Not today it doesn't. Not today. Today I'm telling a story of being grateful for what finally is. And after all we've been through in the last two years, doesn't it sound kind of cool to just be grateful for what is? When I look back in hindsight, the events of 2020 and 2021 were 100% necessary and absolutely crucial in my development both as an artist and as a human. Without them, I wouldn't even be who I am right now, and I certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast. I needed the incubation that occurred during the lockdown of 2020 to prepare to tell my story. I knew that the story I wanted to tell needed to honor what I did to survive when I was little, but I also wanted to celebrate all that we have in common as members of this big human family. So during this time, I discovered, became intimate with, and lastly, began to honor my own voice, both literally and figuratively. And I did it through a year-long writing project that I assigned myself, which eventually led to the real-life necessitation of using my voice to take care of myself in a really, really profound way. Now, we're talking about 2020 and 2021 here, so reality check time. Did I stress-eat myself into oblivion during the initial lockdown of 2020? Yeah. Was I scared every single day at that time? hmm Did I feel isolated and enraged by what I saw going on around me, on the news, on social media? yep Just like everybody else, I did. And for extra fun, the early months of 2021 brought with them an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, daily general disregard for human life all around us, and for me, having my fiancé suddenly end our engagement thousands of miles from home, just days into a vacation in paradise. Okay, but wait, isn't this supposed to be a gratitude episode, Stacy? It is, so let me explain. Probably the most important thing I've learned during this time is that if there's anything more difficult than having an intimate relationship with someone else, it's having one with myself. So finding and owning my true, authentic inner voice, that's what I'm most grateful for today. One thing I came to realize is that I've always been a writer. Ever since I was little, like five, six years old, I actually illustrated stories before I could even read and write, and my mom would serve as my ghostwriter and get the text down for me. I wrote professionally for the first time in high school when I took on a job at our local newspaper, And in my twenties, I wrote a children's book about our dog, but stopped submitting it to publishers after I got about half a dozen rejections. Then when I was pregnant with my daughter, I took up writing again. I took a class where I was introduced to the work of Natalie Goldberg and her book, Writing Down the Bones, and Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. I wrote morning pages tirelessly for like 12 weeks, but then I became a mom and that obviously required all of my attention for quite a while. Even though I was always considered the quote-unquote artist of the family, I never truly believed in any of my talents. Writing, painting, singing, acting, performing, imposter syndrome up the yin-yang. None of the things I had an aptitude for were considered legitimate career paths while I was growing up too risky. Sure, you could dabble in them, but there's no way to make a living with it, especially for a woman. So creativity always took a backseat in my life. Being a woman in long-term recovery, I've been wanting to tell my stories of surviving and healing through the arts for a really long time. And this project has gone through many iterations over the years, a novel, a screenplay, a memoir, but I never actually thought of myself or believed in myself as a writer. So no project was ever completed. And when folks talked about a writer's voice, I had no idea what they were even talking about. But when the coronavirus took hold and lockdown was officially a thing, I made the decision to try again. I began working on a one-woman show with a very talented couple who were professional playwrights. I thought, this is great. I have all of this time at home. I'll spend it writing my stories about surviving and thriving. Remember when we thought that lockdown was going to be a blast and working from home would be such a cool new adventure? Yeah, about that. Like lots of other folks, I was under a lot of pressure at the job I was working at And under a lot of pressure at home, where I was trying to manage my son's school, health as he traveled between two homes, one home that believed the pandemic was real and one that did not. Additionally, I was in a somewhat volatile intimate relationship, which was also operating between two homes. This was a time of so much uncertainty and instability, I often marvel that for the most part, our systems got us through it unscathed. We really do need to be gentle on ourselves for all that we've been through. So anyway, this project, this one woman show, it became what I like to call a COVID casualty. There were just too many variables that play in my life and too many challenges. Creativity once again needed to take a back seat, this time until I was no longer in a constant state of hypervigilance. So in the fall of 2020, I joined an online writing group called Hippies in the Attic in an attempt to kickstart my writing projects and connect to community and build some stability for myself as an artist. It was this virtual group with these incredibly open-hearted, well, hippies. It was a completely safe and nurturing environment where the pressure was off, so my passion for writing could be turned back on. A dear friend from the group, a poet himself, introduced me to poetry and told me that yes, I could write a poem. I assured him I couldn't. I told him, I don't know a thing about poetry. I don't understand it. Then I revealed that, honestly, poetry as an art form just made me feel less than and made me feel stupid. And I meant it. But he was emphatic. "Stacy, you can, he said. A retired English teacher, he then made, writing her first poem, Stacy's assignment for the following week. And he sent me some prompts. And I'm eternally grateful to you, Larry Larrabee, for giving me that first push to find my voice through writing my first poem ironically was titled silence and it went like this a hand clasped tightly over my mouth eyes darting popping searching for answers for a way out isn't poetry amazing through it my inner voice began to speak to me and i've since developed a flow for writing in the same way that i've got one for painting it's an intuitive process and i just had to get out of my own way Also, side note, getting out of one's own way is a lot tougher than it sounds. It kind of falls under the category of simple, not easy. It's a process. So in November of 2020, I rediscovered Natalie Goldberg and writing down the bones. In that book, she mentions that her writing goal is to fill one spiral notebook per month. So. There it was. Now that was my goal too. So I started my first notebook on Saturday, November 7th in 2020. And here's another quick side note. Coincidentally, that's one year ago to the day that I officially started working on the script for this episode. Cool, right? So basically what developed during the year of notebooks was this daily stream of consciousness writing practice. Because seriously, in order to fill a whole notebook each month, you need to write a lot. So I spent the remainder of 2020 and on into 2021 filling notebooks. I wrote about what frightened me, what confused me, all kinds of seemingly random stuff, the color blue, mashed potatoes, and haircuts. I wrote about things I loved, things that I hated, about my brother calling me butch when I was young because I loved to get dirty outside, and how I loathed that nickname, and how my mom made it into a t-shirt with iron-on letters for one of my birthdays. Seriously, mom? Read the room. So I was a girl who wanted to play in the grass and climb trees and also have pretty ribbons in my hair. In our world, girls weren't supposed to do both. So apparently I was supposed to choose dirt or ribbons. Okay. So I wrote about this little girl who lived inside of me. The one that wished she'd been protected, respected. The one who just wanted to run wild and not be shoved into tiny little boxes or be told that she was too much. I really began to sort of synthesize these different parts of myself one February day while snowshoeing in Menaqua, Wisconsin. It was a gorgeous winter day, and the snow was softly falling over this open field, and it was just magical. I had this overwhelming feeling of communion with this little girl inside of me and her absolute wonder at this scene. It felt like the first time I had ever seen anything this picturesque. And I really loved and appreciated her in that moment and the wonder she always carried with her for nature and for the world. And from the inside of myself, she told me in that moment that she wanted to be known as magic and not as butch. She spoke up and I heard her At last, someone did. So there I was, crying in the woods, in my snowshoes, loving this little girl who just wanted to play outside and get dirty and not be judged for it. That inner voice was progressing from the page to my consciousness, and I was getting to know the girl who needed my protection because no one had protected her when she needed it. At this time, I was also writing about what was on my heart in the moment, the things I felt but couldn't yet speak like the moments with my partner that confused me or set me off. As a survivor, I have abandonment issues. Conflict is tough for me. I didn't yet feel safe to speak some of the things I was writing about, but my voice was developing there on the paper. On my 54th birthday, 2-22-21, I wrote a letter to myself from some prompts that my sister had provided. Throughout the letter, I affirmed myself in no longer needing to hold myself down or back in order to hold space for someone else's ideas, time, needs, or perspective. My time, my needs, my ideas were what I needed to focus on, and owning them was what would turn the key to my own happiness. With newfound inner wisdom, I wrote that shrinking no longer made any sense in my life, I wasn't happy to be boxed in or considered too much or too loud or too sensitive or too emotional or too anything. I'd begun to take care of the little girl inside of me, and now I aspired to take care of myself in real time. Right then, on paper, I made the decision to no longer make apologies for who I was or how I show up in the world. And most importantly, I wrote that I'd no longer abandon myself for someone else. But this is key I never, ever spoke it to anyone at that time, even though on some level, I knew that I had been silencing myself and shrinking myself in my relationship. I made the decision on the page to speak it, but I just didn't have it in me to do it at the time. What I didn't know then is that I was repeating a pattern established long ago and that by staying silent, I'd been abandoning myself all along. The second week in March brought with it that vacation in paradise and the end of that engagement I mentioned before. I went on vacation with my partner, who was also the other half of that volatile relationship I mentioned earlier. And you know what? We're still partners. In fact, we just moved in together. Because, as was revealed, there's a really good reason that our relationship was always so volatile and why breaking up was just another pattern for both of us. The reality is we both survived complex trauma, and guess what? It's inevitable. In our intimate relationships, we work out all of our unmet needs from childhood on our partners. Good times. And this is deep stuff. So I had a therapist, he had a therapist, we had a therapist, and we both still do. I'm feeling like Oprah, you get therapy, you get therapy, you get therapy. After the breakup, we spent a month apart only emailing occasionally while we both tended to our own individual therapy and healing. Simultaneously, I also began an online writing class with Natalie Goldberg herself, the Natalie Goldberg, and it was called The Way of Writing, Opening the Practice of Wild Mind and this is where the magic really started to happen inside of me. Therapy and this course together were the one-two punch, the magic touch that I needed to put it all together, to at last put me all together. With these components, with time, and with distance from my guy, I had what I needed to finish this work. My individual therapy played an integral part in helping me sort through all of the thoughts and feelings I'd been writing, and all of the stuff that I was now working through with this newly broken relationship. And I was really flailing. We'd been together three years, and I loved him, but he'd just broken my heart. What was I supposed to do? Was I broken? Was he broken? Were we broken? And what was even mine to figure out? In my head, I sort of knew the answers, but in matters of the heart, I really needed someone to drop some breadcrumbs along the way. So through therapy, it became apparent that I'd spent our whole relationship abandoning myself by turning down my personality, remaining quiet when I had a difference of opinion and silencing my own voice. And I did that because I was afraid he was gonna leave. I looked at everything as black and white, right or wrong, good or bad. And as it turns out, a person can only suppress their own voice for so long. So when he broke off our engagement, I had the time and space to dig into why I always felt the way I did. Why did I always feel like I was too much? Why was I always silencing myself? And could I even trust myself to make good decisions and not set myself to the side? I really found a kindred spirit with Natalie. She's a native New Yorker and she speaks the truth. No sugarcoating, like ever. And she's got that incredible New York accent that just adds a level of zest to everything she says. You just know that she means every single word she's saying. Talk about a voice. And she's a Zen master as well as a writer. And as it turns out, incorporating Zazen into my writing practice is something I really needed too. Cultivating an inner quiet, moving the chatter aside, making space for what Natalie calls the underbelly of your mind was also really key. How great is that? The underbelly of your mind. Who knew? So I worked really, really hard on both therapy and writing. And by April, here's what I discovered. First, My irrepressible spirit as a little girl got crammed into tiny little boxes by the abuse I suffered at the hands of my father and brother and by their need to keep me silent and small. If I slipped away from their grasp, if I got big out in the world and found my own power, I might just have told on them. So keeping me silenced was key. Secondly, I was silenced by my dad as not to ruin our quote-unquote special relationship. He told me if I talked about it to anyone, it would ruin what we had. And if it was ruined, our special relationship would end. Not only that, it would be my fault. And lastly... I wrote about and processed a second trauma that happened once I began to heal from my sexual abuse in my 30s. My parents had joined an organization called the False Memory Syndrome Foundation and sent literature and videos to my then-husband's employer, family, and friends to implore them to help me find a way out of the madness I was suffering from, i.e. remembering and naming the abuse. They were calling me a liar. They were calling me crazy. And for a second time, I was being gaslit and wasn't sure if I could trust myself. And the damage that did was profound. Gratefully, the False Memory Syndrome Foundation no longer exists. The damage they did while discrediting and silencing women is likely incalculable, but at least they can't do it anymore. As a little girl, I was silenced again and again and gaslit again and again. And then as an adult, I was gaslit once more. No wonder I silenced myself kept myself small, and most importantly, didn't believe I could trust myself. I had profound breakthroughs in therapy with these three realizations, and then I got angry, furious for that little girl. How dare they? How dare they snuff out her light? How dare they do it twice? They had no right. She was luminous, and they stole her essence for more than 50 years. I wept and wept for the tragedy of that. But now, she was mine. I was mine. I accepted myself really for the first time in my life. I am a force of nature. I am. And that's too much for some people. But so be it. That's fine. And with that, it was settled. No one would ever silence that voice again. And her voice was my voice. And now that I had it, it was time to use it to heal myself, to take care of that little girl. So I did it. I started speaking up everywhere. My truth was my truth. No more gaslighting, no more silencing, and no more being defined by anybody else. So with 2021 coming to a close, yeah, I'm grateful for that little girl inside who spoke her truth. For my sister, my kids, my health, my niece, the hippies, and my partner. Because if he hadn't ended our engagement, I wouldn't have turned inside to truly focus on what I needed to heal. And the most ironic piece of all is that by leaving, he actually set me free. And as we began our repair, I no longer had anything to lose by telling him the absolute truth every time we spoke. What was he going to do? Leave? And while we were apart, he did the work that he needed to do. So when we came back together, we came back as two complete people, not two people trying to complete each other. And for two people like us, that's a miracle. So when you look back on 2020 and 2021, what are the hidden gifts in your life? Are you closer to certain family members, closer to yourself? Maybe there are things that you never would have done, explored, noticed, or changed, Or maybe you're in a really uncomfortable spot, just about ready to begin something new. Take a breath and take a moment. This very moment. Just to be thankful for what is. Right now. No matter where your gratitude comes from today, I hope you can find a little something to hold close to your heart. You deserve it. We all do. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to rate, review, and share Full Spirals with your friends, your fam, the community, because we're all in this together. Till next time, take care.